0: Good morning, I surprised poor Ben in the back. Good morning, Ben. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. I want to welcome you this morning. Keep on talking, keep on coming in, keep on coming in. Um, We were laughing earlier about how at five minutes before the hour, nobody's in here, and then by five after, everybody's kind of, oh, I guess we better go in, right? Because we all love each other and want to just keep talking. It's good. So I am Pastor Lisa. Good morning, Jeannie. Um, Pastor Jackie is away. You'll be happy to know her visa did happen, so she'll be back. <laughs> we, we were all sweating it a little bit. She'll be back on Thursday. So keep her in your prayers as she travels, but at least that big hunk of, of her life stuff is done. So she must be very relieved, I'm sure. And if you will um, stand with me, and we're going to join together in a call to worship. God of rainbow and promise. Of God of dark, night of doubt, God of dwell with us as we journey through this season of Lent. And lead us from temptation to trust, from fear to love, from despair to hope, and from sadness to joy. Amen. And we're going to start off joyful, making a joyful noise. woo Noise? Noise? Noise?
1: Come on. Welcome, 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 welcome. I have a bag of tricks. Actually, it's a bag of stories. So I'm going to need this because I'm going to make a mess. Okay, so I'm curious. There's a verse that I was looking at this week in the Bible. You know that book that has all that cool stuff in it? And I'm wondering if you know this verse. Not you guys.
2: <laughs>
1: you know this verse. Okay. Do you guys know the verse that starts for God so loved the world? You know that? Watch this. This is going to be so cool. You ready? Okay, now it's your turn. For God so loved the world. <inaudible> Good job. Thank you. I got to tell you, like if you hadn't known that, I would have had to go sit down. So this made me start thinking about something. I wondered, here's a cup, has a heart on it. This is the cup of God's love, okay? And colored water, colored water, more colored water. All right, so here's the deal. There's no choice. And there's no sugar in my Kool Aid either. So, oh, good, I can do this with one hand. I started thinking that if our hearts are full of God's love, right? That looks pretty full, right? Does that look full to you? Looks pretty full to me. So, our hearts are full of God's love, right? Wonder, all right, I saw this game. And you keep trying to put some in a full cup until it runs over, little bits at a time. And that made me think of God's love for us and how it fills our hearts. And I'm so sorry. You guys don't get to see my cup. (laughs) I'll do it for you later. Okay. So watch this. Let's try. Oh, shaky hands. Okay. Maybe we should hold our breath. Okay. One. Okay. That looked pretty full, but I got some more. Let's try again. Two. It's a pretty good little pour, right, Tim? Are you impressed yet? <laughs> okay. Three. Oh, we still haven't gone over. How many do you think we can get? You think we'll get the rest of this bottle in there? No. No? Mm. I'm not sure. Four. Oh, it's so close. Oh, my hand's shaking. Can you see it? <laughs> Six. Oh, it's still there. Wow. Can you believe it? River, can you believe this? Okay. Who thinks I can get seven? Go for it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the encouragement.
3: It's,
2: oh, it's still there?
1: Wow. All right. I don't know. Eight. It didn't go over yet. I might not make a mess after all. (laughs) Getting it out. Nine. Ah, Okay, it's starting to run over now. So let me tell you what this tells me. Anybody have an idea what this tells me? Anybody have an idea what this tells me? God's love overflows. That is one, and that is scriptural. I'm going to tell you what it told me when I was playing with this. It told me that when I think my heart is so full of God's love, and I think that I am overflowing, and I just can't hardly stand to take anymore, that there is so much of God's love still left to be poured inside of me, even when I think that I'm full to the brim, right? So let's pray together. We're going to do this a little different today. You guys are going to repeat after me, okay? So I'm going to say a phrase, you're going to say a phrase. Thank you, Jesus, for reminding us that God's love fills our hearts beyond our wildest imagination and dreams. I love you. Amen. Amen. So you guys get to go with Mr. Tim and learn more about God's love today. And I got to get this out of here.
4: Of us know that we are no longer a slave to fear we are children of God we are the sons and daughter of the Most High God therefore he has given us that authority and he has broken every chain of fear he has broken every chain of sickness he has broken every chain that has tried to bound us in this world so therefore we are free and no longer slaves For he has made us free. How many of us can say amen? Amen. 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 You unraveled me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance. From my enemies till my fears are gone, I'm no longer a slave to sin, I am. I am a child of God, I'm no longer a slave to fear. child of God From my mother's womb you have chosen me love has called your name I've been born again into your family your blood flows through my veins, I'm no longer slave to fear, I am a child of God, I'm no longer slave to fear, for I am a child of God. To what he's done for you. You've split the sea so I can walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I can stand and sing. I am a child of God. Come on and join me. You split.
3: amen and amen. What a powerful, powerful song. And those words just should resonate in us so completely as we sing those songs of of love to our Lord. We come now to a time when we can just bow our heads and silence the moments of the week and and just come to the Lord in prayer. So I pray that you will just silence your hearts, bow your heads, and pray with me. Father God, when we sing praises to you, may our hearts be pure as the clear ring of a sterling bell that all of the saints would hear our gratefulness, our praise. We have come today in a great circle of gratitude, one by one, just as we have come week after week to worship freely and purely our risen Lord. We are fully aware of your Holy Spirit and we call upon this spirit as we gather today as one. May we engage in true worship as we quiet our restless souls and offer ourselves to be a living sacrifice of your work and your will. And Father God, May your holy word speak to us as a song just waiting to be sung into the world. That on this day, as in every day, something new would be born within us, new and fresh as spring. Help us, O Father, to see what you see and to ride on the wings of your wisdom and your clarity as we see through our brokenness to grow in your likeness. And elevate our abilities to respond to the great need around us, Father. Help us to become the disciples whom you have called us to be as we minister to each other and to the world. Father, we come today to pray for your will to be done. O merciful God. We especially pray for the weak, and the afflicted, the poor of heart, those who wait procedures and answers, those among us who are outside our doors, who are grieving from great loss as well as illness. We pray for our extended family members who might not profess to know you yet, that through us, they might capture a glimpse of your deep and abiding love. Strengthen us, Father, that by the blood of Jesus we come to your feet in complete awe, and from the fountain of your mercy may we be flooded by your forgiving grace, that it would flow over us till we are clean before you. As we pray the prayer that Jesus so lovingly taught us to pray, and the glory forever. Amen.
0: Amen. I'm going to ask that the ushers come forward so that we can offer up our gifts to the Lord. And while they're serving you, um, I did want to mention just a couple of things. We have um, a third annual, can you believe it's the third one, women's retreat coming up in March. (laughs) Woohoo! Um, If you didn't get to go to one, it's really just a fun day for women to kind of set a little time apart um, to just hang with each other, to support each other, to love on each other. We have a keynote speaker, Ginger Medley, who's from um, Fulford up the road a little bit. Um, So it's not, you know, one of us that you have to listen to. Isn't that nice? Um, You might also have to listen to one of us. Um, So be warned, but we have a little craft and a little the lunch is included So it's a time for us really to get together and love on each other and support each other So if you can you're invited to do it and I would say if the cost is something that's prohibitive to you Although we've kept it as minimal as we could um, we do have scholarships available So if that's something you'd like to do, please join us. I also want to take a minute while I'm here to remind you That next Sunday, what's she gonna say? Nobody knows Gail wins. It's Gail's birthday today, yesterday. Sorry, it's Gail's birthday yesterday. And she wins the prize. Daylight savings time is next Sunday. So spring forward, right? Um, Don't leave Pastor Jackie hanging up here all by herself. Please fix your clocks so that you can come on time, right? So I'm going to ask the ushers to bring the offering forward and we're going to say a little prayer. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you have blessed us so abundantly that we get the joy of sharing that blessing. Help us to not hold on to those pennies and dollars, Lord, those resources, our time, our efforts, our prayers, our gifts. Help us to use our abundance to further your kingdom work. Amen. Amen.
2: So uh,
1: this is your turn for you to sing for me. All right, so I need you to stand, please, if you can. And I think this is a song that we all know very well. So choir, I don't want you to sing on the first verse. I want to hear what y'all are going to (laughs) do.
4: praise this morning
1: is the Lord worthy to be praised this morning Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen, amen, amen. Good job, y'all. I want to read to you. I'm so glad that Peyton started right out with um, John 3.16 this morning, because most of us know that one, right? But how many of us know the passage that comes before it that leads up to that? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Well, maybe three of us, right? So this morning we're going to read the passage that leads up to that and, and how we get there. So this is John 3 1 through 17 there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus a Jewish leader he came to Jesus at night and said to him rabbi we know that you're a teacher who has come from God for no one could do these miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him Jesus answered I assure you unless someone is born anew it's not possible to see God's kingdom Nicodemus asked How is it possible for an adult to be born? It's impossible to enter the mother's womb for a second time to be born, isn't it? And Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised that I said to you, you must be born anew. God's Spirit blows wherever it wishes. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. It's the same with everyone who's born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said, How are these things possible? And Jesus answered, You are a teacher of Israel, and you don't know these things? I assure you that we speak about what we know and testify about what we've seen, but you don't receive my testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe it if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has gone up to heaven except the one who came down from heaven, the human one. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the human one be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that everyone who believes in Him won't perish but will have eternal life. God didn't send His Son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through Him. Father God, please rest on us this morning. Rest that spirit in our restless hearts and minds. Help us to see Your Word in a new light Reveal something to us that will make a difference for us this day. Amen. So my first question would be, really, Jesus, just how would that work? <laughs> Which is why the sermon title is that, because I told you, usually if I'm preaching to somebody, it's me that needs to hear it, right? Um, but then my next question is, okay, who's Nicodemus? And, and why does he matter? Why is he important in this, in this story? Why did he even make it into the scripture, right? So he's a religious leader. He's a distinguished teacher. He's a Pharisee, he serves the Sanhedrin which is the 71 member, um, 70 elders and priests and aristocrats and Pharisees plus the high priest who presided. So these are the high muckymucks, right in the religious community. My phrase, not the Bible's phrase, just <laughs> in case you're wondering. So they governed the part of Israel that the Romans allowed them to govern. And they're divided into three subcouncils, and they kind of hear all the legal matters um, in the area. And these are, these are devoted religious people. They, they want to know the law, yes, but they want to do the law right, too. So he, Nicodemus, is intelligent. He's faithful, right? And in this story, it's Passover. It's spring, you know, celebrating rebirth. The earth is born again, renewal. And, and you might recall that Passover celebrates that deliverance from slavery and death in Egypt, right? Um, it's an important celebration in the Jewish community. So here we meet Nicodemus. He comes to Jesus at night. We don't know why. We're never really told why. There's no explanation. Is he um, trying to be away from all those Passover crowds? because it's got to be pretty crowded. Is he trying to just kind of talk quietly with Jesus? Is he afraid to be seen with Jesus? Um, Maybe. It doesn't appear to be though, because in fact he says we, right? So he's representing at least some other um, Pharisees that agree that Jesus is a teacher who comes from God. So Nicodemus must have heard or seen Jesus teach because he calls him rabbi, teacher and he seems appreciative of Jesus's power. He doesn't, though, see him as the promised Messiah, just sees him as someone who's been given God's power, which is exactly where the disciples started off too, right? They saw Jesus did all these miracles, they didn't quite get that he was the Messiah. So we're not, we're not kind of belittling Nicodemus because even the disciples didn't really get it, right? Does the darkness around him represent um, his confusion or his doubt? John John kind of likes to play with light and dark, right? He plays off these um, light and dark, sinfulness and wholeness, you know, he doubt and fear and death. We don't know. And Nicodemus asks his his questions respectfully. But he takes what Jesus says as literal. It's a literal response, right? Going back to the woman being born again. So is that a deliberate misunderstanding? Um My granddaughter, Lucy, will be three soon. And the other night I said, Lucy, you need to pick up that toy and put it away before bedtime. And she looked right at me and said, what toy, Nana? And I said, the toy that's right beside you. And she goes like this. She closes her eyes. And she goes, I can't see it. (laughs) Okay. So was it deliberate? Is he kind of just closing his eyes metaphorically, right? What toy, Nana? I don't see it. What, What birth, Jesus? I don't get it. But the literal rebirth is not what Jesus means, right? He tells him. And when we look at the word used, we see that Jesus means spiritual rebirth, anathen in the Greek. There's my seminary education, one word, woohoo! One Greek word, I got it. The only Hebrew word I remember is shalom. If you're gonna remember one word, that's a good one, right? So anathen, it appears in this chapter three times. And it re- refers to spiritual life change. So there are three meanings in the Greek it's uh, from above, from the beginning, or from the first, and then again and anew. And so a lot of scholars think that this is kind of a wordplay thing going on in Nicodemus's confusion and Jesus' statements. Jesus that answers him, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born and from above. Nicodemus wonders how you can be born again or a second time so they're kind of playing with the words Jesus understands that that Nicodemus's take on this is part of his disbelief so he kind of shifts his answers to him he begins emphasizing the keys to the kingdom life transformation Jesus is talking about invisible birth from above that creates a visibly changed life being born into or entering the kingdom of God. It's synonymous with becoming children of God. I am a child of God, right? And being born of God. And this gives Nicodemus a little kind of problem to ponder. If he, and gives us something to think about too. If he, with all his standing, with all his knowledge, with all his good works, if he can't expect to enter the kingdom, what hope is there for him? What hope is there for anyone? Nicodemus should have known what Jesus is talking about. Jesus even says to him, you're a teacher of Israel and you don't know. But be honest, how many of us still kind of scratch our heads when we're looking at the passage? Nicodemus wasn't ready to hear the truth even though he was interested enough to ask the questions. And I think this is something we need to keep in mind when people ask us the questions about our faith. They might be prepared to ask the questions, but they're not maybe yet prepared to understand and believe when you share with them the answers. So we shouldn't get frustrated if they don't get it right away because you might not be the last seed they need to hear to understand and believe. You might be the first seed, right? And in verse five, Jesus tells Nicodemus, be born of water and the spirit. He emphasizes that, that single spirit produced birth. And it makes these other interpretations almost silly. You know, Nicodemus's question about re-entering the womb. Um, being born of water, that means from literally going back to the womb. One source I read said there's no ancient texts that depict childbirth from water where water is amniotic fluid. Isn't that interesting? So that was not even something in Nicodemus' realm. And that born of the water means Christian baptism isn't likely either, because it wouldn't have had relevance to Nicodemus at the time, right? That particular passage in time. And that it symbolized maybe the baptism of John is unlikely as well. Again, it doesn't have relevance to Nicodemus. So the most likely interpretation for him as being born of water and the spirit is the purifying and transforming of new birth, spiritual renewal, right, a fresh start. So why does Jesus expect this guy Nicodemus to understand what he means? It's because the concept is present in scripture already. And Nicodemus knows his scripture. And we're talking about the Old Testament. You know, anyone who's been in one of my classes has heard me say, if you don't know your Old Testament, you don't know who Jesus is, right? Because <laughs> this, this is what's quoted. This is, this is where we start. So, if, you know, one example is in Ezekiel. It says, I'll sprinkle clean water on you. You will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and all your idols. I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws." So surely a man like Nicodemus, a teacher of the law, would have been familiar with some of these references, right? There's a biblical scholar, D.A. Carson, and he says the references show us that it's signifying cleansing from impurity, the transformation of a heart that enables people to wholly follow God. In other words, a regeneration, a new beginning, a second life for God and from God. And theologically for us, it's maybe better to say he needed a new life, right? He doesn't need a second life. He doesn't need to get a life (laughs) or another life, right? He needs a new life. He needed to be born anew from above, spiritually transformed, just like we all do. And again, it seems that Nicodemus is interested, but not ready to see the truth. He keeps saying, how is that possible? Or or, that's impossible. Nicodemus is like us, right? Sometimes we're so resistant to change that we keep saying that new possibility is impossible. And look at the things, there was a list in a magazine that I was reading. It says, look at the things around us that were impossible once. Um, A cell phone, not just a cell phone, a cell phone that doesn't have a cord attached to the wall that you don't even know who's calling and you have to answer it. And to talk to your friend, you have to hide under your bed so your mother doesn't hear you, right? A cell phone that's now a computer and a camera and your email and your banking, right? Computers with touch screens. I've told you this before. I, when I bought my first computer with a touch screen, I had a cat. <laughs> this is not a good combination. Because Kitty would see stuff across and go, and you know, I'd be sending an email to Tahiti along the way. A hundred years ago, a car couldn't go more than 35 miles an hour. Now we plug them in like we plug in our toaster, right? How about heart and organ transplants? Replacing a hip with a metal piece and still have it function. The $6 million man, right? We can rebuild him those things were impossible and here we are Nicodemus is so befuddled he's so confused by the unexpected nature of Jesus's images and the possibilities of his promises that all he can kinda do is keep stammering how is this possible How, how is this possible how is it possible for us to be born from above how is it possible for us to see and enter the kingdom of God? How is it possible for sinful men and women to get into heaven? How is it possible that mortal creatures like us gain eternal life? How is it possible? Well, it's possible because we have an impossible God, right? We have a God who defies what is possible, who transforms our unbelief into obedient faith. Our impossible too good to be true God outlines the core of this reality for us in that one verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. All things are possible now because God so loved the world and gave us his son. Jesus is God's proof of committing to do the impossible. We're born from above and born anew. It's not either or into the kingdom of God that's now and is to come. We're given a new life, a new identity from the heavenly place that the kingdom generates. All because Jesus voluntarily lifts himself up in sacrifice. And he gives Nicodemus another little clue about who he is. Did you notice the little piece about Moses and the staff? So when they're traveling through um, the desert, and you can read about it in Numbers, it's Numbers 21, they're traveling along and the people grow impatient. I know you're shocked. And they speak out against God and against Moses. There's no bread, there's no water, right? They're always whining. And the Lord sends venomous snakes among them. And a lot of them died. The people come to Moses and they say, okay, we apologize. We've sinned. We spoke against the Lord. We spoke against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. And it's interesting that the Lord doesn't take the snakes away. I always find that part fascinating. But what he does is he makes a way. So here we go again, that impossible God. He has Moses take a, a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. And anyone who gets bitten by a snake can look at it. And they live. Does that symbol sound familiar to anybody? The Hippocratic oath, right? The symbol of of the cross and the snake? God grants them physical life miraculously as he similarly grants spiritual life through Jesus who lifts himself up onto the cross and onto eternal life. So Nicodemus is getting all these clues that he should understand better than we do, because he knows that scripture, right? What's interesting to me is that we don't see a change in Nicodemus. And I think that's hopeful in a way. Did he finally understand what Jesus was saying, who he was? We don't see the answer, but here's what we do see later. We later see Nicodemus defending Jesus in John 7. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their own number, in other words, the Sanhedrin. Asked, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he's been doing? And then later, we find Nicodemus helping to bury his body in John 19. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus the man who had earlier visited Jesus at night Nicodemus brought all of those aloe and myrrh all of the the things that they need to preserve the body and the two of them wrap it up in the spices for me I have hope for Nicodemus because he reminds me that even if I don't get it even if I can't explain everything I serve a God who makes the impossible possible and who loves me so completely that he gave his son on a cross for me. Say that to yourself. He gave his son on a cross for me, for you, right? Each of you, if you were the only one on the planet, God would still have given his son for you. So today, as we move through Lent toward Easter, Take the time to learn about our God. Take the time to learn about God who makes impossible possible. Be born anew. Be refreshed. Be transformed. Fill your life with light and hope that Jesus provides. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you'll bow your heads and pray with me. We enter into the stillness of prayer and gaze at the days stretching before us, leading to the glory and the hope and the promise of a new life on Easter Sunday as the days stretch toward Easter let us give our time to those in need of an encouraging visit or to a child in need of engaging play and then O God stretch us to give more as we listen to one whose grief wears heavy let us give of our talents during this time of Lent and volunteer to serve where our talents meet a need in our church and in our community. And then, O God, stretch us to share our talent with a young person who wants to learn. Let us give our gifts as we walk through Lent, acknowledging our abilities honestly and sharing them with those who need what we have to offer. And then, O God, stretch us. Stretch us to be silent and still and discover new gifts and new ways of sharing. Open our eyes to the needs of those who live near to us and those who live across the seas. And then open our hearts to feel the pain of need. And then let us open our wallets to ease the discomfort of poverty, poverty of life or poverty of spirit. And then, oh God, stretch us to give more. Stretch us until we feel the twinge of pain that allows us to fully feel the joy of giving. Help us to make the impossible possible with you, Lord. Let us live and so let us give through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We're going to respond to God with communion. If you're worshiping with us online or later on, if you'll gra- grab your elements, um, crackers, juice, whatever you can grab to join us for communion, you'll be directed by the ushers and the full liturgy will be, your responses will be on the screen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You have made from one every nation and people to live on all the face of the earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ by the baptism of his suffering, death and resurrection. You gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. He commissioned us to be witnesses to the ends of the earth and to make disciples of all nations. And today his family and all the world is joining us at his holy table. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me when the supper was over he took the cup he gave thanks to you gave it to his disciples and said drink from this all of you this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me and so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in jesus christ we offer ourselves Renew our communion with your church throughout the world and strengthen it in every nation and among every people to witness faithfully in your name. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours now and forever. Amen. I'll ask the people who are helping serve communion to come forward. The table is open.
1: Gracious and loving God, we are so thankful for a seat at the table. We are thankful for this time that we can come and dine with you. Thank you for reminding us that you died for us. If there had only been me, you would have died for me. Lord, thank you for forgiving our sins and for this opportunity to start anew. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. i It's your breath and our lungs, Lord. As we leave this place, we never leave the church and we are never alone. God goes with you and the Spirit goes with you everywhere that you go. Go into the field and spread the good news of the God who makes the impossible possible. Amen. All right. All right.